right then welcome back to eagle's nest 2 studios studio a fox trolling on the foxhole season six episode four number 164 overall your faithful host ken harlan here independence day kind of held out this week so we could have a independence day special was conversely is our third anniversary keeping low key about that but yes this is birthday number three for fox running in a foxhole so props all around right all right folks we're bringing it we're coming in hot Always thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and Mixler for the tunes provided on the podcast. Always a shout out to the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tunes for content creation for folks like myself throughout the land. All right, let's get rocking with some open face. Where shall we start on this quiet Independence Day morning? Little MLB and Wimbledon on the two to humor ourselves. El Trapico later from the Rose Bowl. Going to be a record crowd for MLS. Messi's coming soon. Exciting stuff. Well, how about BG, Brittany Griner? Always talking, but nobody's really listening. You know, the whole thing with the chartered flights and whether, how you feel about that or not feel about it. It's just interesting because she can't wait to get herself in front of a microphone and sort of cry their pipe. But once again, and this is not being an ass or anything, but who is watching that league? It's not really generating any buzz. I mean, there's more talk about the summer league that kicked off last night that I've heard about the WNBA in weeks. And that's a problem. And so when you hear Miss BG up here whining about how oppressed and how unfair things are, as I've said all along, y'all aren't doing enough to generate buzz. Like to say, you know, the, the powers and shakers behind the women's NCAA. After that great LSU-Iowa final, what did we see here on the foxhole? The WNBA needed to capture some of that buzz, that excitement. Bottle it up and somehow have it spread to their product, and it's not. You have some folks out there bawling, but even when I do watch ESPN, we'll get to them in a second, or the various other networks, there's just there's nothing. Major, major, major problem. So every time I see her getting in front of a microphone, talking about how unfair and how hard it is, well, you could make it easy by making your product more attractive, by marketing yourselves better. Now, maybe that requires some Einstein type of thinking, but if it were me and I wanted to live my best life, as far as some of the perks that come along with being in a professional sports league, you might think about selling yourselves. Just a thought, yeah? 
What else do I have? Okay, the Nike Kobe line relaunching at 824. It's kind of wondering when we would start seeing Kobe gear reappear and just this whole picture of, you know, memorializing him. You know, Vanessa quietly working behind the scenes. So apparently on 824, gee, we know why it's 824 for the two numbers that he wore throughout his career with the Lakers. And obviously, Mama Sita's going to be getting some love in this as well, as far as the branding goes. So for the Kobe Hive, this will be a fun August for them as far as getting some new Kobe gear. And Vanessa keeps winning. I mean, take I, some of these people who, who want to win a lawsuit should attach her name to it because it seems like she shows up in court, she gets the W's this week. Under Armour becomes the latest to bite the dust in a lawsuit with her. So, just speaking of the facts, Vanessa definitely winning in court. Okay. You know we had the big Supreme Court rulings last week. Not going to get too deep in that here. But I think it is interesting, you know, kind of watching some of the beefing, especially like with affirmative action. Watching Whitlock and Jamil Hill trade barbs is kind of humorous. But I also find it interesting that Charles Barkley is going to leave $5 million for Auburn. So Auburn can continue his efforts to be to have a diverse student body, regardless of what the courts say. So good for you, CB, putting your money where your mouth is. You got no problems with it. If you're going to, it's better than you gambling it away in Vegas or Atlantic City. So you might as well give it to Auburn and give some people an opportunity to get their education in. Cool stuff there. Okay. Another interesting point that came out of this week. About the cube. That's right. Mr. O'Shea. Basically calling out the NBA. Saying it's been giving the big three the cold shoulder. And he kind of feels like he's a complete outsider in all of his endeavors. The NBA could have done more to promote its product. Well, circling back to the WNBA. If the NBA, which has been subsidizing... <laughs> the WNBA, and that can't create a buzz. How is a three-on-three league, after a whole nine-month campaign with a marathon playoffs, going to capture people's attentions in the summer? You know, people will watch the summer league because they want to get a glimpse into who might be able to help their teams. But kind of like reeling out a bunch of has-beens, and whatever else, it's no shock the NBA doesn't have time for it. Mr. Silver does have a lot on his plate, and apparently throwing a bone to cube isn't one of those tasks. Just saying. Okay. And for in the shocker or not shocking department. So sponsorship has taken all kinds of forms in recent years in terms of the people who are getting in on getting their logo and branding on jerseys. But I have to say, Crystal Palace over in the Premier League, this one takes it to a whole other level. OnlyFans is going to be their primary jersey sponsor. I guess it was only a matter of time saying, well, hey, people get the freaky deaky on, makes a lot of money. We got enough cash to where we can have our branding on a jersey. Wow, Crystal Palace. A lot of ways we could go that way. A lot of ways we could go with that, but 
Yeah. You thought you saw everything. Obviously, there's more to come. <laughs> Only fans getting onto it. How long can it be before Brazier's or what are the, or Pornhub or Pornhub, excuse me, appears on a jersey? Okay. As I said earlier, ESPN dropping the hammer. Getting in front of all sorts of talent. Talked about this weeks ago. This was on the, coming on the horizon. The likes of Steve Young, Jeff Van Gundy, the lovely Ashley Brewer, the classic Susie Colbert, among those getting the heap ho as Pat McAfee gets to cash some really fat checks. Yeah. It kind of sucks in this regard that some of the folks who've helped ESPN become, you know, what the, the, the sports leader are getting sent up the door when some of the woke masters still keep their jobs. I don't get the thinking of the mouse, but you know what? Continue doing these things and your viewership will continue to decline. Great opportunity for FS1. Apparently, Skip has got some new ideas for what's going to happen on Undisputed. We'll talk about that in episode 165 once we have some more details as far as that goes. Also, good to see uh, Dennis Rodman hasn't changed. You know, closing out Pride Month, showing up to a parade in a skirt, waving his freak flag, doing what he does. <sighs> some things have to be consistent in this world. No judgment here, just saying. It's interesting to see Dennis in the news once again, although his daughter bawling out is more of a story than whatever freak show Mr. Tin has to offer us at this point. I think it's interesting along those lines, but light and the controversy it's been in, really trying to like dig itself out. So who do they reach out to? Mr. Kelsey, of all people, to be a pitch man to possibly help sagging cells. Don't think wheeling out Mr. Kelsey is going to reverse Bud Light's fortunes, but you got to give him credit for trying. I think Mr. Kelsey's funny because he's like, you know, I don't really care about the big dollars because all I'm about winning. Well, obviously you do care about the dollars if you're willing to hop on Bud Light's sinking submarine. No puns intended out there. Okay. <laughs> Lastly... How about this shocker? MJ recently um, you know, a, becoming a former owner as he disposed of the Hornets. Basically not digging Larissa Pippen robbing the cradle with his son. No shocker there. I mean, what? She's 48, he's 32, and just glamp it all over it. But MJ not really being extremely dismissive, but giving that head nod like, oh, hell no, I ain't down with this. All right, folks, a little bit quiet on the open face this week, but that's all right. Independence Day, fireworks are coming. We'll be back with the high view above campus on the other side. Right. 
Welcome back to the Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here on an Independence Day and a anniversary or birthday for Fox trying to get a Foxhole. Really, really excited. Kind of not as excited about getting delayed and somehow reviving the scene, but hey, we're still doing this. We're still having fun with it. Watching the Reds and the Nationals, getting it on from the nation's capital. A nice setting very early on Independence Day. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams are probably having a nice cider somewhere laughing. Alrighty, so it is early and, you know, we're just going to pick up the drones. We'll leave the Gulfstream 650 Park. It's a holiday. You don't feel like calling, you know, our Uber up. Definitely got some nice... Vittles going in the oven, you know, a little early meal for think for of <laughs> Independence Day. As I look at Ted Williams, a great American, getting props for all the great things that he did. Man, 42, 47 triple crown. And one of those years he didn't win the MVP. Anyways, let's take a high view above campus. We'll start out with LSU winning the Men's College World Series in dominating fashion. Yeah, I know, it seems like it was forever ago. Um, it makes me wonder, you know, given the success that they've had in recent years, have they truly become the quintessential athletic program as far as Division I goes? I think you can make the argument there with the success that the men and women have had over in this in this decade, which you know we're three years into it, and we can even go a few years into the last decade, but at this point, when you look at the overall accomplishments that the Bayou Bengals have been able to accomplish, I think it's fair to say they probably are the quintessential program right now in all of college sports, basically setting the standard that everybody is probably chasing after. What can you say? All right, congratulations to them. Massive props go out. I can't remember how many times they've won it. I know it's something ridiculous as far as baseball goes. You see, you know, Miss Reese got a award for BET being their sportswoman of the year. So as they say, Gabe Tigers. Okay, how about the D1 Council? And this is basically an advisory board. Remember, folks, you know, the NCAA being this voluntary organization that over time has got about as much power as you and I do in certain areas. They are proposing to reduce the transfer window where people can be allowed to enter the portal from 30 to 60 days. You know, trying to like put some guardrails on this wild, wild west. Like we've been saying for a while, I think it's a little too little too late. And I don't know if the NCAA has the enforcement power to pull this off, especially now that schools are doing their thing. You know, case in point, states enacting all sorts of laws to sort of help give their schools a leg up in competition and sort of, you know, provide an even wider freeway for people to compensate athletes through NIL collectives. Of course, the IRS has stepped in and said, you know, you guys are all cute and all this stuff, but you ain't getting tax-exempt status. 
which makes sense. Uh, I think it's you know utterly ridiculous. Like, oh yeah, you know we're gonna, we're trying to win the natty. And by the way, can we be like tax exempt? I think too many people working hard for you know less and less all the time. This is not a good look, folks. Go up there, pay your taxes like everybody else. You want a natty? There is some costs that come with it. Makes sense, <laughs> you know. And I think as we get deeper and deeper into the summer, you gotta think the, uh, this nil picture is actually getting mercury, mercurier and mercurier. What do I mean by that? Well, you have a, you have the coaches, especially in the Power Five, and you know from established if not blue blood programs looking around as we've been saying over the past three years and they do not like the aggressive camp competition now i mean if, if the states can come up with laws like missouri or some of the things that are going on in texas to give your your institutions basically a license to to, to what was deemed unethical and if not downright illegal, let it being above the board, that's not a good thing if you're like in Kentucky, right? Or you're a UCLA, or you're in Michigan. Now all of a sudden you have lots of competition. So one part of me says, well, this is, be this is good because we want to see new blood. But at the same time, the Wild West and some of the, um, I don't know, cannibalistic tactics that, are, that have been shown as, soon, as long as this has been in force, and we've seen it too many times, that even if the mid-majors or little guys do get a collective or put something together, what's it going to take for the big boys to raid and undo all the hard work that they've been able to put together? So I don't know if this is going to be another crazy year. We're in the quiet period of time, but things are about to heat up. And you can, only, you can expect more zany things to happen on the NIL front. Okay, what else do we got going on here high above campus? Well, the NCAA, you know, once again, it'll be interesting to see how well they can enforce this. But they become the latest sports organization to really lay out harsh penalties, restrictions for gambling. Makes only sense, doesn't it? And I think some of the problems that you're seeing in the other leagues, this is a major concern. And I'm sure this is one of those things where they will have to get Congress involved so if so they can enforce any court challenges to it. But with all the money out there and the possibility of folks feeling slighted, the temptation to get to make a little money Gambling, since it's so prevalent now, is more than ever. And the NCAA and the schools themselves need to get in front of this because you talk about a scandal. You really surprised the whole thing with Alabama's coach and the Cincinnati coach and all that kind of stuff. Did not have as much blowback as I thought it would. But then again, I feel that's like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like we are on the precipice of a major scandal with gambling and college sports. It's, it's coming, you know, with no, no true guide rails, no hardcore enforcement and watchdogs. How could it not? 
because there are haves and have-nots in this new paradise of NIL money and deals and things like that. So there are gonna, folks who are like saying, well, where can I get my bag? Makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. We talked about San Diego State and its desire to leave the Mountain West, basically putting its business card out on the table saying, yo, we want greener pastures. Well, those greener pastures didn't come so quickly as obviously the Pacific Conference still has no idea what it wants to do. The Big 12 is still kind of in a holding pattern. So what is, what is the Aztecs option? They basically say, for, we're going to stay in the Mountain West for now. Because there was no place for us to land. We were kind of stuck on the tarmac, eating stale peanuts, wishing we had a beer, waiting for, some, for the phone to ring. Makes sense. I feel that down the road, the opportunity will be there, but it obviously wasn't right now. So the Aztecs will be staying in the Mountain West. Okay. Another interesting thing. How about OutKick? They just cannot get enough of their obsession with LeBron James. And now it's going or extending itself to Bronny James. Basically saying Bronny's playing the victim card. And Bronny's playing the victim card because he came out and said, I'm going to prove all my doubters. And OutKick and some other folks looking for clicks, jumping all over it and saying, you're just being like you're dead, playing the victim. Well, I have to like push back on that. Because the truth is, you know, with his huge NIL deal, yes, he's a pretty solid prospect. And, you know, no one's going to question, you know, right, his bloodline that he's going to be a good player. But we don't know whether he's on Mr. Wambayama status or some of the other blue chippers that just went in the NBA draft and are out applying their trade in the summer league. Nobody knows these things. I think it is fair because he will be one of the most scrutinized college athletes that we've seen in a long time, given his pedigree. So him coming out and saying, I got to prove my doubters wrong, because there are doubters out there who say that he only got elevated because of his dad, LBJ. So I think you folks, I know you're trying to get clicks, but maybe you lay off Bronny on that one. Okay. Um, speaking of hoops, ESPN, yes, ESPN again. You know, there was a report that came out this week on the on their website about coaches are split in hoops in terms of should the NCAA expand the men's and women's basketball tournaments. You know, once again, going back to that whole competition thing and sharing the pie. And as one person put it, well, the NCAA is toothless as it is. That's the only thing they really have control over. So, of course, they probably want to push for expansion to get some more revenue into the coffers. And I also kind of feel that, I mean, why not expand? You know, you've got eyeballs there. Give more people an opportunity so we can have more San Diego states and less LSU Florida, Alabama's, and the other traditional bigs dominating things. I mean, the San Diego State thing was a wonderful story. I feel if you give more opportunity to a lot of schools and, you know, expand the baseball tournament so I don't have to be mad about my Matadors after being 34 and 17 and having a good RPI being left out. 
Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Man, all kinds of money being spent out there, right? Told you about UCF, you know, somehow coming up with $340 million to get a new stadium. Well, how about the folks down in Gainesville? They are going to spend $400 million renovating the swamp so the swamp can be a first-class facility. Yeah, right? The, the arms race is just really amazing. I mean, we're talking, you know, you know almost half a billion there for uh, to renovate that facility, you know. And for a school like UCF to come up with $340 million for a stadium, as we've been saying in all three years of this podcast, you know, this ain't jump change we're talking about here when it comes to college athletics. Okay. So, lastly, you know, all kinds of talk about Bob Huggins and his daughter coming out, lashing at everybody in terms of, you know, the unfair treatment that her daddy got. Do we think he is going to land somewhere and have another act? Initially, I was saying no. But the more I think about it, I'm almost certain someone will give him a shot, especially because there are no ethics in, in, in sports at this point, if you can produce a winner. And I do feel that some school out there will let the stink, you know, escape the window, open the window and turn on the fan and say, sure, you know, he does his mea culpa, claims that he goes to rehab. But, you know, you got to figure at Patino with all the ugly stuff that Followed him out of Louisville. Is looking pretty in, in Queens right now. Why wouldn't Bob Huggins get another shot? Well, when it happens, we'll be talking about it. All right, folks. We'll be back with something interesting on the other side. Strike in a foxhole, number 164, on our third anniversary. Yes, indeed. I know it's July. Football's around the corner. It's probably going to be a slow month, but we have also the Women's World Cup, so it ain't going to be that slow. But anyways, let's get to one of our favorite segments. Something you should probably know, or things that happened in the sports world this past week you might want to know or care about. Where shall we start? Well, let's go to the world of horse racing. And my man, Bob Baffert. How about Churchill Downs extending the ban through 2024? Basically laying down the claim that Mr. Baffert is passing a false narrative regarding the failed drug test that led to his ban. <sighs> Mr. B, Mr. B. Never a dull moment on your watch, right? Yeah, I can't say I'm shocked by this. I know his defenders are pushing back, saying he's being persecuted. Well, those of us on the other side of the equation are just like going, yeah, man, <laughs> you've always been up to no good. And yeah, props to Churchill Downs, of course. 
that doesn't let them off the hook for, you know, all the horses that passed away and at the track and no, um, how should we say, no good resolution in terms of getting to a better place in that situation. All right. Let's go to golf. Okay. So Tiger, who's been kind of quiet lately, you know, he's at 48 and doing whatever rehab to come back for the thousandth time. Not that that really means anything. But Tiger being Tiger when asked about the live PGA merger. What do I mean by that? Well, did you say you, in the typical Tiger fashion, uttering words, but it amounting to a whole lot of nothing. This guy for years on end can just get away with, when it comes to substance or lack thereof, you know, he's the master of it. He just, and because he is who he is, and he's iconic, and we talked about this, you know, even in the U.S. Open, that his presence is always going to be missing, right? It's, it's a much more exciting weekend when he's on the course. Even at 48, there's only so many weekends we could probably have with him, even if he does get back to health, but he still has that magnetic pre presence when it comes to the sport. But however, it amazes me how all these years he's makes these statements that never amount to anything that you can say is tangible and somehow gets a pass for it. Yeah, you know, there's some people who criticize his um, docile stance on many things. But he's got, you know, a coating of Teflon, and it just bounces right off of him, which I think is pretty funny. All right. How about Taylor Gooch winning his third live event in the last five starts? Didn't even know who Taylor Gooch was, but he's really killing it on that circuit. And then we have our man Ricky Fowler winning for the first time in four years in Michigan over the weekend. Good for him. Obviously, you know, he had a decent run at the U.S. Open in L.A., and hey, maybe he is poised, like we were talking about, to somehow, out of nowhere, you know, return to prominence, maybe still a major next year if he can continue this level. I don't think he's going to win the British Open, quite frankly, but stranger things have happened. Yeah? Okay. Speaking of the British Open in merry old England, we've got Wimbledon in full bloom right now. Venus at 43 making it an appearance, but bows out in straight sets. It was good for her to take a lap around, you know, the fabled grounds there and get the applause and create some buzz. But, you know, let's get to the serious stuff, and that would be can the Joker win his eighth title and can Swiatek win uh, her third slam in a row? Well... I do think the Joker can win his eighth title. That's the way he's playing. I mean, I know there's going to be a couple of cats who might pose a threat, but I think that's more of a probability than Swiatek, who isn't really that good on grass. And so, yeah, if I had my money in Vegas, I would say I'd put it on Joker. Swiatek, not so much on the women's side. Going over to the world of auto racing. 
I'm trying to get caught up here as so we're getting this podcast out a little bit late this week because there's just all kinds of things going on in the world right now. We're trying to get our arms around, and you know, the Mr. Pelu, Alex, winning his third straight indie race, taking the checkered flag in mid-Ohio. Pretty cool there. Obviously starting to show some dominance. Lorenz Wash and repeat over in F1 as Mad Max once again taking the checkered at the Austrian Grand Prix. As we've been saying, you know, this is getting his dominance. While impressive, it's getting so darn boring. It's like, why do why bother even watching? Unless it's like, yeah, dude, I've I've watched every second of this incredible run that he's on. I think the F1 body. Needs to get in there and figure this out. Level the playing field because clearly this is just becoming a mockery, you know, when it comes to this man's dominance of that circuit right now. Just saying. I think it's kind of interesting to see the Wrexham boys. They're going to invest in the F1. Probably going to have a little bit more difficulty having the success they've had. And, you know, we've talked many, many, many times about let's not get carried away with basically being able to win a league that's almost the equivalent of what Lane United plays in. Just saying in terms of how far down the ladder it is as far as the divisions in England are concerned. Ouch. Okay, there's more money involved there, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. Over at NASCAR, kind of nice to see a face that I don't recognize getting a W with Shane Van Gisberg and winning the street race in Chicago. Always nice to see some new blood. It's getting to enjoy the fruits of victory. Cool stuff there. As far as what's going on in the fight club. How about Jared Anderson? Okay, he's like the rising hope for the heavyweight division. As we've also talked about in the three seasons. About how that's just really become a true ghost town. He goes to 15-0 with a win by decision over former title holder Charles Martin. What's so interesting about that? Well, Anderson's previous 14 fights ended in KO. So, prove he can go the distance. You know, hopefully for the heavyweight division, this kid can actually light a few candles. Because you know how harsh I've been about boxing and its feeble attempts to be relevant in a time where sports is big business, yo. All right. How about we'll talk about Katie Ledecky to close this segment out? How about her? Talking about dominance on a max for Stefan level. I mean, she's still bossing. She's at the U.S. Nationals, like the 800 meter and 1500 meter freestyle, basically making the world for a record six time. You know, somebody obviously, because swimming can only garner so many headlines. But yeah, she's just, she's as dominant as Max Verstappen, uh, the Oklahoma women's softball team, and I think she deserves some FTI and, F- FTI and FX super props for all the achievements she's been able to accomplish. So, good for Katie. Looking forward to seeing you in the Olympics next year. All right, folks, we'll be back with a night full of diamonds on the other side.
All right, welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, episode 164. Your faithful host, Kid Hartland, here on a dual celebration as we celebrate the United States having another birthday and Fox Trotting in a Foxhole having its third birthday. Glorious times over here as we see all the pomp and circumstance in the nation's capital at Nats Park. All right, so it's time for the night full of diamonds. You know, I gotta get my Grateful Dead reference in before we start talking baseball. Well, well, well. You know what puts a smile on my face? A, the 73 box set that just dropped on Friday. Absolutely phenomenal. I've only one show into it, you know, listening to Des Moines. Oh, man, you know, there are some rough spots there, you know, with this, you know, because of uh, the reels, but man. Talk about, you know, some fat stuff. But I would be remiss if I didn't point out the snooze factory finally winding down. Hey now, hey now. It's coming to an end. Quite frankly, <sighs> I couldn't be happier. So you folks out there heading to the gorge, stay hydrated. And, you know, definitely bring plenty of Rockstar Monster or caffeinated beverages, because I guarantee you, out in that sun, as slow and as boring as that is, you will be fighting to stay awake. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who get it, in my cynicism. Okay, what's really going on in the Nightfall of Diamonds? Well, you've got Domingo Dramon throwing a perfect game against Oakland. First perfect game in the majors since 2012, and the fourth Yankee to accomplish that feat, which I think is pretty amazing, given the Yankees' glorious history that they only have had four folks that have thrown a perfect game, you know, going back first with Don Larson doing it in the World Series in 1956. The A's, of course, get to see friend of the show, Vince C, chilling at the ballpark with his Selva team, but... This guy, Ron, you know, obviously with his domestic abuse issues and all kinds of stuff, not surprising, had kind of a rocky next outing, which kind of usually happens when you achieve brilliance. And mind you, this is like the first perfect game in like 11 years. So, okay. Leaving the Bronx and going to the Queens, it is kind of interesting to see our man, Mr. Cohen. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Three Quarters of a Billion, Mr. Cohen, trying to buy that ring. He says he is trying to have a very positive attitude, with the Mets being 36 and 44 and 17 and a half games behind the Braves. Well, I guess why be like, you know, the late Mr. Steinbrenner and throw temper tantrums? You know, it's still July and things can turn around and there are opportunities to make the playoffs, but you got to think with all the buzz and all the hype that was created, you would see something better than a 36-44 and 44 record being 17 and a half games out. I mean, call me crazy, call me cynical. But yeah, I think he's, I, I appreciate the patience he has shown, but me personally, I'd probably be a complete bitch if I spent the kind of money that he has shelled out to try to make the Mets relevant and bring the championship back to Queens for the first time since 86. Just saying. And over there on the on the other on the left coast, the Padres, it's a similar situation. And for me, it's even bigger 
than the Mets as far as their struggles. Now, they're only 11 and a half games back, but considering all the tough talk from the team, the fans, and how they've arrived, this is really disappointing. Because, you know, at least with the Mets, they just spent the money. They weren't out there flexing like the Padres. Like, yeah, they're the new kid on the block when it's still the same Padres. And we always love this in sports. When somebody shows up on the stage, starts feeling themselves, starts pulling the entourage, riding in the Lincoln with all the babes, and then disappears or doesn't deliver. So, yeah. Going to be interesting to see how July and August plays out in San Diego and Queens for sure. You know, whether they can bounce back or whether this is one of the more colossal disappointments we've seen in recent times. Okay. Another, one thing that's interesting is the Marlins. They are 49 and 37, and they are, there's no buzz about them at all, right? Balling out. And yeah, okay, you know, they're, you know, a, a tough division, but 49 and 37, barring a collapse, they should be in the postseason. You have Mr. Araz and his quest for 400. That has kind of slowed down slightly as we head into July and he's hitting 388. So definitely has a legitimate shot to join Ted, the aforementioned Ted Williams in the 400 club and a few others. But, you know, obviously nobody has done it since Ted Williams hit 406 in 1941. As I said before, you know, you know, talk to me at the end of July. So he's hanging close, so we'll see. But I think bigger story to me is that the Marlins have been balling out and basically nobody's talking about them. You know, and I mean, the Reds have gotten quite a buzz. They've cooled down a little bit. I'm watching them, you know, dismantle another disappointing team with the Nats. But yeah, Another great story there. Not so much the Pirates. Really feel good story there, but they're fading. You know, what are they, like five or six games under? So it's nice for their fans, but I have a feeling, you know, the cool reality, the hot realities, I should say, of July and August are getting ready to take root. Orioles, on the other hand, are still doing quite well, and that's a, that continues to be a great story. A not-so-good story would be with Clayton Kershaw. And as I've spoke many times about the Dodgers overusing him, and I felt a year where the Dodgers might stumble a bit, they had to be careful. And Mr. Kershaw is back on the injured list. They say he, that he should be back after the All-Star game. He's going to miss the All-Star game. And the Dodgers have to be very careful because they should make the postseason again. But if they have any chance of actually attaining the success they should have been able to over this past decade, they're going to need a healthy Kershaw and not overuse him. I know Kersh is going to be Kersh, but if the Dodgers really want a legitimate shot at this ring, somehow they have to keep him sound and healthy. Simple as that. As far as the power rankings go, right now it's like the Braves I mean, the Rays, Braves, and Rangers are one, two, and three. The Orioles are four. Like I said, great story there. Arizona's five. And the Dodgers are six. And the Giants are quickly moving up the charts. So you have to keep an eye on them. Kind of keeping an eye on the Angels. 45 and 41. Five and a half games by Texas. And Houston's also 
quickly erasing Texas lead, you know, and I think they're hanging in there. I don't know whether it can last. I know Otani's got 31 knocks. I don't know the extent of Trout's injury, which will have a major impact on whether or not the Angels can hang on there and make the postseason. A lot of folks on Twitter still wishing Artie Moreno would sell the team. Not going to happen, people. Okay, that's what's going on on the diamond. Quick hop on the Samboni to talk a little ice. Connor McDavid wins his third heart trophy after, you know, skating out again to another fabulous season. Props to him. And apparently, we're going to see a women's professional hockey league. There are the powers that be are putting the money together. I believe next year or possibly, you know, 2025, we are going to see a women's league. Really curious to see, especially what I had to say about the WNBA, you know, the growth of the NWSL, how will a women's hockey league fly? Going to be interesting times when that does happen. All right, folks, that's what's going on in SYSPK land. We will be back with some beautiful game life on the other side. Back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, episode 164. Your faithful host, Kid Harlan, here, all filled up after having a lovely San Francisco style breakfast. My deadhead friends that we're talking about, you go to the pork store before tooling up for a day in the city. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on, pitch side? Well, it looks like in Miami, Mr. Beckham. Getting the band back together. Some of the moves they've been making. Of course, I think it's, you know, bringing the old folks home and expecting to catch lightning in a bottle. But Tata and Messi are going to be reunited. You know, that they had some great success. Not quite the success they just had, but it was a good partnership. And we all know Tata's success with Alana United, not so much with El Trey. But yeah, I think this is an interesting move. We'll see how it plays out. You know, with the League's Cup coming up here, which will be a good barometer as far as the Messi experience actually working. I mean, obviously, the money in the coffers. You're already seeing people throughout the land in, in cool-ass, you know, inner-Miami gear. Some of the black jerseys and T-shirts do look pretty dope, I might add. But yeah. I'm going to be curious to see as far as what Tatcha brings to the table and, you know, who else they can add, you know, given MLS's weird salary structure. And, of course, we know when it comes to bidding the rules to let certain teams from visibility. Yeah. The let, you know, as we head into the second half of the MLS season, Things should get interesting. And obviously, this League's Cup, not really sure how this is all going to play out. But there's definitely some fun times on the horizon as far as that league is concerned. 
You know, obviously, reach, Apple reaching a threshold as far as the number of subscriptions. I mean, obviously, it doesn't hurt making a good half price for a big chunk of what's remaining. But now the MLS will be able to tap into more funds as a result of Apple reaching its threshold. So exciting stuff there. Okay. Now, Tata getting the Miami job while Bob Bradley being told to hit the bricks by TFC. What a ride it has been for Double B. After, you know, being the toast of the town, being the architect, along with uh, Mr. Thorrington and company, of LAFC's early success and quick splash into the league, how things basically since LAFC was in CONCACAF in 2020, gone south for Bob. Obviously leaving LAFC and, you know, a lot of people not happy and the success that Mr. Dola was had. But this run in Toronto was a pure dumpster fire. Absolute garbage. I have to say, you know, it kind of is a mark, a negative mark, I might add, of what's been a very illustrious career for Bob Bradley. Not sure where he lands next, or maybe this should be a sign that, hey, you know what? Go see the world, be an advisor, sip the wine, and live your best life. Because if what happened in Toronto is an indication of what you're bringing to the table. Yes, it is time. Maybe you do enjoy your grandkids. Just saying. I don't know what the heck's going on with this whole Harry Kane thing. I know he's got one year left. I know there are a lot of teams that would love his services. But I I don't know. Because, you know, this time of year when it comes to the beautiful game life, and all the people looking for clicks, something is said one day, the next day, things are being reported that it's going in an entirely different direction. What I do know is nothing's been finalized there. Uh, I'm starting to get the feeling that, you know, like somebody else I know, we're going to talk about in a second, they're going to play and leave on a free. That's just the way it's going because at, the, at this point with some of these big names, I don't know if spending all the dollars is supposed to play in the waiting game, you know, as far as which which, which path should be taken. And that's the same that's going to bring up Mbappe. Nobody knows where this guy's going either. One minute, he's basically in, in, in Madrid. Another minute, he's headed towards the Premier League, possibly Manchester United. Then it's going to play in Paris and leave in Paris on a free. But, of course, we know the Qataris don't want that to happen. But I think in the end, he does play for PSG and probably leaves on a free. I don't think that he extends, as we've talked about previously. He's done what he can for this club. And I think this club getting all weird about not getting some value for him and that it would be disastrous. The Qataris are not poor. And at this point... Just roll the dice and see what happens. Maybe they go on a roll and you get him through 2026. I don't know. At some point, we would like to see some resolution here as far as the Mbappe situation goes. Kind of cool to see Timmy Way going to Juventus. Excited for him. 
wanting to really see him, you know, kind of fulfill his potential. I was really hoping he was going to flourish at PSG. That didn't quite happen. Some of his start, stops since then, eh, you know, and some of his performances with the U.S. men's national team, eh. But yeah, I'm excited to see what Timmy Way can do in Juventus and Serie A. Speaking of Serie A, apparently CP10, Captain America, Mr. Christian P, well, he is saying no to Ligon. He doesn't want to play for Lyon. He is still pushing for a move to AC Milan. This is kind of interesting. I know he made some comments about whether he should play in the MLS. I think he should come to MLS right now, if I were him, in terms of what that would do for his career in visibility. I don't think going through Serie A is the move. I know people might disagree with me, ftinfxgmail.com if you have an opinion. But I feel this would be a great time for Captain America to come to the MLS. Okay? That's just how I'm seeing it. But we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, one of his uh, teammates who's making a name for himself, Mr. Aronson, he is on his, he's on his way to where? Gee, I already forgot. Oh, I, oh, I think he's going to Union Berlin, which I think is going to be an interesting move. Considering the success they had last year, that'll be really good for his prospects. Okay, Gold Cup, USA gets out of its out, out of its uh, group, handle their business, you know, demolishing St. Kitts, Trinidad, Tobago. Anyways, I get, I have more to say about these cups in a minute. Talk a little MLS, LAFC stumble at home, at the Whitecaps and gig worked in Dallas. They fall the sixth in the power rankings. Defending champs kind of wobbling, heading into this epic El Tropico tonight at the Rose Bowl. Expecting a record crowd. Obviously a lot of bad blood spilling over from the Open Cup. I don't know. Dolo's got his workout for him. I mean, there are some extenuating circumstances as to LAFC's stumbles, but right now they are looking not poised to repeat. As far as the rest of the league is concerned, well, if you look at the power rankings, everything seems to be leading eastward with FC Cincinnati 1, Union 2, Nashville 3. In fact, the top five teams right now in the power rankings are Eastern Conference teams. Now, is that a foreshadowing of what's to come, especially with Messi joining the fray? I don't know. Well, only time will tell. All I know is this. Big doings at Apple tonight. Tune in. Record crowd. Even if they're making the LAFC fans vacate because the fireworks are going to be uh, for their sections. And give anybody a reason to piss and moan as far as <laughs> complaining about something goes. Anyways, that's what's going on pitch side. We'll be back with the NBA beat on the other side. All 
Alright, welcome back to episode 164, Fox Dragon of Foxhole, your faithful host, Kid Harlan here. Independence Day, Birthday Day, all that kind of good stuff going on in the Foxhole today. Kind of watching the Nats here, trying to make this game a little interesting. Yeah, anything else that we can find on the tube? Forgot to mention that the Braves are on a nine-game winning streak. It's quietly taking care of business. Okay, what's going on in the hardwood? You know, the summer league is kicking off, and that's an exciting time as the new prospects get to wow their fan bases and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second when we get to a closer look. But meanwhile, all kinds of movement going on. Let's start with San Francisco, the Warriors. Money Green agrees to stay with the Warriors. I knew this was going to happen. I didn't see them walking away, hit bo both parties, especially when Mr. Dunleavy Jr. took over Mr. Meyer's spot. Do I think it's a good move? Of course not. As we talked about last week and previous weeks, the objective is not to get older, and that's what the Warriors have done. And, you know, with Chris Paul, I'm sure they're going to find a way to keep Clay. I just don't know if this constitutes the ingredients of another ring. I could be proven wrong. You know, as long as you've got number 30 out there dropping rainbows, anything is possible. But I get the sense of watching this latest iteration of the playoffs Getting older is not the answer here. And I think bringing Draymond back, while, yes, he is kind of the spiritual leader, this was the time for the Warriors to actually change things up and go in a different direction. If they do win, it ain't going to be because of him moving forward. Yeah, he could be a complimentary piece, but is it worth opening the vaults. And then, you know, we'll talk about that in a closer look as far as, you know, the money game goes. Then we've got Dame Dalla in Portland, kind of having a come-to-Jesus moment. After all this talk about, you know, I'm Portland and this is going to be where I want to land, he's requested a trade, putting the Blazers in a very awkward situation. I don't think the Blazers want to let him go you know, for what he means to the city and what they might be able to get in return for him. I've said all along, I think this is, you know, a divorce that should happen. You know, it would be nice, and I am one of a big proponent of people staying with one club and being identified with that. But in this particular case, I keep giving him more years than he actually has. He's 32. I think it's now or never. I don't necessarily see the Blazers being able to put a team together around him that can make a deep run. Whereas I do see them getting a boatload of assets where they could be a force to be reckoned with within a year or two. And whether it's Miami or New York or some of the other possible destinations that have been mentioned, I think it's a win-win for Whoever gets Dame, and definitely it went for the Blazers. You know, it's the Blazers trying to figure out whether or not 
Miss Allen's going to sell the fill or whoever else. Clearly, I think it's time for a new day. I think that the fatigue the fans have been suffering, I was talking with my coworker about that actually the other day, who says that she's gotten tired of this and to the point where she's not even watching the Blazers that much right now. I don't know if others feel that way. And I think it's one of those uh, heart-tugging moments for that fan base, you know, in terms of their love and loyalty for him. But then again, being rational and possibly seeing the bigger picture of what's better for that franchise in, in the long run. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff going on there. Can't wait to see how this shakes out. Really quiet in all of this is Philadelphia. And what are they going to do in the long haul to, to, to satisfy Mr. Embiid? When does Mr. Embiid look around the room and say, Josh Harris, maybe you're spending too much time trying to buy the commanders and not enough time making us viable? Something to keep interesting there. A lot of money being spent in Milwaukee as, as Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez both resigned. Killer Cruz stays in D.C. Russell Westbrook stays with the Clippers. So it's kind of interesting there as far as people staying. I think Hugh Billy Kobe getting a big deal to stay with the Lakers. Laker, Laker Nation is really happy about that. Also retaining D'Angelo Russell, letting a few pieces go like Lonnie Walker IV and Dennis Schroeder. But picking up some good pieces, especially didn't cost them too much given the resources available. Have to like give Rob Palinka another feather in his cap as far as showing how adroit he is as a general manager after all the grief myself and others gave him just a couple of months ago. So, hey, Rob Lowe, you're doing a hell of a job. Okay. Kyrie also returning to the Mavs. We buying the Grizzlies with this smart trade. And I've had some time to think about that. Dylan Brooks going to Houston. Yeah, I am really intrigued by this. You know, I think there needed to be a new some infusion of new blood there. And I think if Jaw comes to reality and starts focusing on his game and you know kind of mute all the outside noise and then they just sort of you know figure out how to get that chip on their shoulder and turn some of that feistiness into like becoming formidable on the court yeah i might be willing to buy this memphis squad especially you know doing the subtraction getting rid of dylan brooks and all of the baggers that came with his tenure there so definitely something to keep an eye with there on there I kind of, you know, going back to the Lakers, I kind of wonder, is this the last season we're going to have LeBron at, sta at uh, not Staples, the Crip? I don't see how, even if Bronny's a one and done, unless he completely falls on his face, or the Lakers will be in a position to acquire him. My question is, what kind of dog and pony show will we see in terms of LeBron exiting the Lakers? Like, we still haven't figured out what to do with Anthony Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he just sold his house out there when it's in Westlake Village, so. 
something crazy could happen there. I highly doubt it. As I said before, I think, you know, with a few tweaks, they should just move forward and see what happens. You know, they were in the conference finals. Although Denver's sitting there laughing, smoking their cohibas, like saying everybody's making these moves. And we ready to, to start building on our dynasty. <laughs> okay, the Bulls, on the other hand, but they're, we talked about the whole sad situation with Zoe. They are asking the league for a $10.2 million exemption you know, that you can apply to the league when you have you know a hardship case like this. Sad thing around there, but hey, $10.2 million might allow you to add one or two pieces. So seems that that's an unreasonable request that Mr. Silver should definitely accommodate. All right. There's a lot going on there. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA in the next segment. And meanwhile, we'll be back shortly. back to the foxhole time to opinionate editorialize rant you know all that good stuff it's a closer look where shall i start well you know i was sitting back with friend of the show andy g uh last week and i was watching the nwsl challenge cup watching the thorns in the rain and it made me just think about all of these cups that all these soccer federations have and along with the leagues that they play and it's tradition in some cases, less so in, in other situations. But have they run their course? Why look at a team as formidable as the Thorns are, and how this was a total, I could give a flying you-know-what. It was almost like, man, can we get this over with so we can get to the bar and, and you know, <laughs> have a couple of Cosmos? Earlier in the year, you know, talked about LAFC basically wheeling out a B team and the aforementioned loss to the Galaxy in the Open Cup. See how PSG, for example, and how its laissez-faire attitude in these cups. Yeah, you, you get the sense that, you know, you can only run these servers in the ground so much. And you... And I, I'm one of these people that says, yeah, the more hardware you can add to the trophy case, trophy case, excuse me, is fantastic. But however, when teams and the players themselves have a lackluster, if not downright apathetic attitude towards them, you have to wonder at this point, is it a tired concept? It maybe needs to be rethought some of these cups done away with because it just does not seem like the passion is there as far as the teams themselves you know trying to win league titles or win champions league whatever the case may be and yeah in some cases there's a lot of history there when you talk about the fa cup or you talk about even the open cup right 
I just had I, I kind of wonder in this model, is it feasible? And this league's cup coming up here, you know, how motivated are MLS teams and Liga MX teams going to be? Is this going to be a worth a worthy competition, or are many teams just going to go through the motions as they think about you know the back half of the upcoming MLS season? Same thing with Liga MX. You know, all remains to be seen, but it's something we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on. Okay, let's flip the switch to back to the NBA. Moneyball and the price of paying the arms race. It is interesting, you know, looking at Dame's situation. Looking at all the guys who stayed, who stayed put in the, in the amount of dollars it costs to keep these guys. Now, that tells you a lot that the NBA's coffers are overflowing right now. You know, when you see, you know, I mean, Brooke Lopez, what was that, like $24 million a year for the next two years? I mean, he's an okay piece, but come on now. And I think, stability, you know, having stability and laying down the money for that, you know, whether it's Kyrie staying in Dallas, Russell staying with the Clippers, I mean, it does make a lot of sense. And in order to retain talent, you got to pay that. And I wonder over time, does this actually work as opposed to mixing up the deck, rocking the apple cart, and always trying to reshuffle, bringing in assets, and it taking three quarters of a season, if not longer, for things to gel and mesh? And, you know, I can look at the Lakers. Being able to keep Austin Reeves, very, I think, very wise, you know, from a continuity standpoint, what the fans want. But yeah, it is hard to put something together on the fly. I think you can add pieces to the nucleus of what you're doing. I mean, in Golden State's case, we'll have to wonder and see about adding an old Chris Paul to keep the band back together. But it seems like this is the trend now, and it probably does make more sense to play money ball in that regard, as opposed to going out and buying a bunch of high-priced new toys, you know, and, and completely remaking the roster every year because you have a slew of free agents that are available on the market. Retain your talent. Makes sense. I mean, there are situations like Portland where, hey, maybe it's time. You're, it, the trajectory doesn't suggest you're ready to make a move upward like Denver just did. So why not blow it up? I think there's certain situations like that, but I think that's more of an outlier than most teams that are trending up and would probably be served better to retain as much of the talent they have and the chemistry and all that good stuff. Yeah, makes sense? Okay, let's close it out with this one. Back to the beautiful game. El Trey and its fans. Now, obviously, they had a disappointing loss to Guitar, but you know, the, the P chant coming out once again, people getting stabbed. Of course, the fans like saying, you know, a couple of my LAFC tw Twitter warriors, like, hey, this is not the place for. But, you know, United States national men's team's fans to get their opinions in. I'm like, and why the hell not? 
if you're misbehaving and it's at an unacceptable level, I think everybody has a right to chime in on this, you know, and it, it, it is unacceptable. And I know, you know, that a good portion of their fans are kind of ashamed by this and not necessarily sure what to do about it. But, you know, some of the ugly scenes we've already seen this summer, this has to be, this has to get under control. It, you know, it's one thing in terms of how they've struggled on the pitch, but that doesn't give license to ill, okay? USA missed the World Cup. People were salty, but you didn't see our fans acting a fool like this. Except not, you know, no bias here. This is, you know, calling it the way I see it. You disagree or have, you know, a differing opinion, I'd love to hear it. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com for sure. But you can't tell me, well, I don't know how many people got stabbed up at, um, was it at Levi's the other night when they were playing guitar? No, nah, or was it Stanford Stadium? I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. Point being is, Come on now, this is this is getting absolutely freaking ridiculous. And you know, with the P chant, as many people have pointed out, even if its origins are not homophobic, it is considered that way. And sometimes it's just okay to let it go. Now, you can make the argument that, oh, well, we've just gotten far too soft for our own good. And maybe there's some credence to that. But the fact that people are offended and it's something we don't need, you can't tell me there's anything good that comes out of it other than you're being salty because your squad is not living up to, you know, expectations. Yeah. All right. That's what's going on in A Closer Look. We'll close things out with the NFL report and some TMCA time when I come back. Time to park the bus one more week as we try to find something to watch here for our 4th of July sports viewing. Let's go to the NFL beat, shall we? Unfortunately, we start out with some very somber news. This former Arkansas Razorback and longtime backup Ryan Mallett dies in a tragic drowning accident at 35 of some... Good tributes coming out there, even from Tom Brady, who he was, Mallet was his understudy. Unfortunate stuff there. You also have former Cardinal coach Vince Tobin and a longtime assistant passing away at 79. Okay, then you've got the NFL coming down hard again. A couple of Colts, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry, gambling. We talked about this previously. We knew this was coming. And of course, the Colts taking the real strict route, basically saying, well, you're going to gamble and get suspended, we're going to cut your ass. Yeah, folks, this, there are repercussions for this. We've been talking about it ad nauseum. Find another side hustle. Or if you got the addiction, 
Do something about it. It ain't worth throwing your livelihood away. That's just what I think. Okay. So, the NFL, NFL.com that is, you know, had an article this week when it was looking at its top four teams they think are best in line to end their playoff droughts. I thought it was kind of interesting. Not really in the sense that, you know, the Jets and Lions were like one and two, but the Falcons and the Broncos three and four. And, you know, with the Jets and Lions, okay, I get it. You know, we've talked about the Lions and how everybody's riding their jock, and this is supposed to be their breakout year, and I don't see it happening myself personally, but you never know. I could be wrong. And with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, some folks think that Methuselah is going to revive that franchise. Okay, reasonable enough. There's reasons to believe that. Now, with the Falcons, people predicted them to win the South only because that is such a weak division. But what have the Falcons really done to convince anybody that they're ready to take that step? But there was a lot of buzz, a lot of people talking them up in terms of they are going to be the surprise team. So, I don't know. And then when it comes to the Broncos, you know, they haven't you know had any love since 2015, which I thought was kind of shocking. But then again, everybody, as we talked about previously as well, on the Russell Wilson redemption tour, feeling they are going to make a move. Problem is, Chiefs are pretty darn tough. The Chargers are nothing to laugh about. And okay, you got me when it comes to the Raiders. You know, I think the Raiders are a dumpster fire. And, you know, I don't even know if they can get Jimmy G to the starting line. But I'm not bullish on any of these four actually being locks to make the playoffs at this spot. That's just how I'm seeing it right now. So that means, let me look into my crystal ball. You know, we've been doing that a lot in the offseason, especially as we've gotten deeper into the spring. This week, I'm going to look at the Jaguars and the Panthers. Yes, two expansion teams that came in at the same time. What was that, like 1995? The Jags, they've got Goldilocks. T-Law, the T-Sizzle of the NFL. Obviously feeling full of themselves after that heroic win against the Chargers in the playoffs. Do I think they are ready to take a step forward? Yeah, I do. I mean, with Dougie P, you know, they, because they weren't that good for a while, they were able to amass a lot of talent. I think with the coaching and that roster, yeah, I not, you know, they do play in a chicken and dumplings division, which always helps. But I do see them making some inroads. Is it enough to challenge the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills? Hell no. I mean, that would truly be news. Right now, it's the crystal ball is not seeing that. But I do see them continuing their upward trajectory. The Panthers getting Mr. Young and some other pieces. I'm not so sure. I mean, we talked about the Falcons a second ago. Once again, you're in a chicken and dumplings division. So, yes, they could be a one-year rise. But for me, the crystal ball is like the data isn't quite there for us to truly believe in the Panthers taking that initial step to becoming a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. That's what the crystal ball is saying. Okay. Let me look at the 49ers for a second. Mr. Lance in the pine. Yeah. How did he go from 
you know, being next gen to being irrelevant. I mean, mind you, we had our skepticism from day one, given where he played in the, in the, in the pandemic, not having a lot of snaps. But it is really interesting how he might be a third stringer, right? Now that the 49ers have Sam Darnold into the mix. And speaking of, you got Brock Purdy getting engaged this weekend. But our bigger question is, now that he's given his lady a ring, is he ready to win one on the field? And the crystal ball says this. And the crystal ball has been saying this all along. There's something about his game that looks a little one-dimensional. Yes, this team is loaded at bear, but I think Brock Purdy gets exposed somewhat this year. Now, the Niners have a powerhouse roster, so even if he gets exposed, that's not necessarily mean the Niners take a step back. I just don't see him owning the league the way he did in 2022. Did you have Mr. Carr getting salty about his Vegas departure? You know, it always comes down to this. It's kind of, you know, reminiscent of the whole thing that broke Daniel Snyder. And basically, when you make the wife cry, yeah, that is pretty much crossing the Waterloo. And yeah, and I get in Snyder's case after they booed Tanya, you know, when during the breast cancer celebration, you know, um, awareness thing. And then, the, you know, whatever was said to make, you know, Derek Carr's wife breaking the church. Yeah, that's a breaking point for these guys in terms of toxic fan bases and how much, you know, the, the, how much the, the, hum, the human capacity is willing to absorb. You know, right? Simple as that. Nothing crazy there. I can't blame him taking a few shots given, you know, his loyalty and, you know, all the, you know, bumps and bruises he took, you know, in the last years in Oakland and even in, in Las Vegas. But let me tell you this, Mr. Carr, you better deliver in New Orleans or we're going to be looking at you with a very jaundiced eye. Okay. Cool stuff for J.J. Watt, taking his talents to CBS. That's good for him. I think that'll be a good addition for him as he embarks on the next phase of, of, a, of a very, how shall we say, after a good career, now it's time to live your best life and talk about the game that made you rich. Okay. Flipping back to the Jets, I think it's interesting that, you know, Mr. Mad Dog and other people and the media are not bullish on the Jets being featured on this year's Hard Knocks. You know, we've talked about Hard Knocks, and, you know, it's kind of run its course. I can't blame folks for actually, you know, having that kind of opinion. I think there's going to be enough buzz already with A-Rodge being there and the expectations that come along with it. Do you really need to be on a Hard Knocks and have that play out? Probably not. So... I kind of like that, you know, some of the folks, you know, that are in the media that are obviously Jets homers kind of say, no, I really don't want this nonsense. Okay. Lastly, how about DirecTV getting some red zone love finally? You know, after all, losing out to Google for the actual package, at least folks will finally be getting, they're actually getting thrown a bone and will be getting some red zone love. So it's not all lost in DirecTV land. Okay, folks. We've got, you know, a little abbreviated TMCA time. But nonetheless, the birthday 
Independence Day version of TMCA time. What do we have here? You know, the stainless steel bowls of the smelliest varieties that we give people whose deeds during the, during the week or just them being themselves warrant this. Come in complimentary, regular, and XL sizes. So we're going to start out with Jim Edmonds. I'm going to give him an XL for sticking his foot in his mouth and just going there when it comes to the native narrative trap. What do I mean by that? The ship is sailed with the Guardians and the Commanders as far as it ain't going back to the Indians. It ain't going back to the Redskins. So why are you rallying people up like going, well, I think it was kind of cool? Nah, especially in the booth. Not surprising that people came after you, right? Just leave that alone. Focus on other things. Did, didn't you learn from Mr. Kuiper's misstep with the A's just to stay away from these things? But these idiots can't do that. Maybe because you played and you're in the booth, you think you have some kind of you know exemption that allows you to run your mouth on things you have no business commenting on. Just saying. Okay. I'm going to give two XLs of the smelly of stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties to Kenyan marathoner Titus Ikiru, getting a 10-year ban for doping. Really, man? Like I've been saying with some of these times. I mean, last year he what, ran a 202.57 marathon time, and, you know, that slightly off the record. But I look at these times and being a former runner and, like, going, how is that even humanly possible? And then, lo and behold, the, the, the tests don't lie. And it makes me wonder, once again, about some of these astonishing records that have been dropped here in the last year or two. You just have found the way some of you to beat the test. Obviously, this cat didn't. And the fact that he's been handed a 10-year ban, that's, a, that's another eye-opener for me. Be keeping an eye on the track and field and the marks that are being posted over the next year or two, especially with the Olympics coming. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give two XLs to the University Buffalo players getting caught beating their dog with a belt and putting it on video. Are you guys stupid? And a landfill of animal lovers? How did you think that was not going to have some blowback and put poo-poo all over you? Are you really that stupid in this day and age? Is this TikTok crowd completely brain dead? Come on, man. You cannot post a video of you beating a dog with a belt. Too many people love their love their FIFA to be seeing that kind of nonsense. Jeez. Okay. And I'm going to give a five strip. Five XLs to any professional players that are putting their livelihoods in jeopardy by, by betting on their teams or betting on their sport. With all of the cheddar and lettuce on the table, stop it already. Why? I mean, there's plenty, as I've said a thousand times on this podcast, too many ways to make money without throwing your livelihood away. Generational wealth here, wealth we're talking about here, people. Quit being such a dumbass. Good grief. Okay. And I'm going to also give a five strip for any players getting busted for a DUI in this day and age. 
What the fuck? It's called Uber, Lyft. Many of these teams have ride services. Why do I keep reading about knuckleheads like Bob Huggins and others getting taken down because they're too cheap to call or lazy to call the Uber or Lyft to get their ass home? Come on, man. Stop it already. Okay? I'm going to give an XL to fucking Croy Beerman. Yeah, Kim and, Kim and Croy fame. Really, dude? Stiffing a casino for 52K? Getting involved with that whack job in the first place, and all the drama that you two continue to bring that somehow keeps popping up in my feeds. Yeah, Croy, you deserve an XL. And I'm going to give a regular to our girl, Brittany Matthews, a.k.a. Brittany Mahomes, or Britt Mahomes, for thinking we want to see her risque bikini snaps. Hun, there's plenty of IG and Globe Pictures models to choose from. Why are we, we don't care about you, but yet you try to bomb social media feeds like, look at the pictures Patrick's taking of me. Aren't they so fun? Not really, hon. I mean, you're not dog meat either, but nobody really wants to see you, but yet you think we do. All right, folks, that is it for another interesting episode, 164. Promise to get 165 out a lot sooner. Be a lot to talk about. And meanwhile, have a safe and sane fourth, and we'll talk to you here shortly.